I didn't know that I was still going to have to walk this thing out. I thought, you know, Jesus was going to wipe the slate. He was going to make everyone forget about the years I had spent in the world. And, you know, I thought he was going to wipe away all the witchcraft and all the effects of it, but he, he didn't. It, it came through a process. And this is when I kind of started to see the witchcraft come back almost like for revenge. And I was like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And I began to get all these lies in my head. Like maybe I'm not worthy enough to be delivered. Maybe God doesn't want to deliver me. Maybe the level of witchcraft that I was in is just too strong for the people doing the deliverance. I began to believe all these things and I thought maybe if I left the church, the attacks would stop. In the middle of people like praying for me, this woman of God actually came over and kind of was like, hey, like give her a second. And she just held me. She hugged me actually. And she just began to pray that my soul would be restored. And I remember at that point, like the manifestation was like anger and it was like cussing people out. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But in that moment, it all like broke. Well, Jessica, welcome back to Della Fe Testimonies. Um, last time we recorded uh, your salvation testimony, it reached over a million views. Uh, no shock, right? Uh, what you went through is something that a lot of people are going through around the world. And so for people who may not have seen that first video that we recorded, who maybe don't know you, have never seen you at all. Could you just tell us very briefly, three to five minutes, what Jesus has done in your life? Yeah, so I had lived this life of just being involved in so many different things. I got stuck in a lot of traumas and these hurts that really led me to searching for love in all the wrong places. And I began to, you know, dive into drugs. I began to dive into relationships. And eventually I found myself practicing witchcraft. And when I got into the witchcraft, I thought that maybe that that would fix me or that would be the answer. And in God's mercy, in the middle of my witchcraft, he actually radically encountered me. I was actually in my bathroom and I was seeing myself through God's eyes. And it was almost like I was seeing all of the things from that point in my life where everything was just messed up. And it wasn't that he was trying to condemn me, but he was trying to save me and give me a way out. And I heard the voice of Jesus just say, follow me. And when I heard that voice, I didn't really know what that would look like, but you know, I began to follow and I threw away my crystals and my witchcraft and all the tarot cards I had. And I bought a Bible and began to read and pray and fast and began to chase after that voice. And now I'm here, you know, doing full-time ministry. I'm helping to spread the gospel um, and share what Jesus has done for my life. So yeah. Come on. Well, Jessica, you know, after um, we recorded that first testimony, soon after we started working together and sharing the testimony of Jesus through Delafate Testimonies, but I've also been able to see the process that God has uh, led you through. And one of the conversations that we had was about that specific part of your testimony that deals with the witchcraft. In the first testimony that we recorded, there was, like you mentioned, traumas and all of these other things that led you to that. And for people who are watching right now, if you want to check out that first uh, testimony, it is going to be in the description box. We highly encourage you to go check that out so you can get a little bit of a reference of what we're going to be talking about today. But today we want to go a little bit more in detail into what got you into the witchcraft and what God had to do to begin to cleanse you, right? And so, Jessica, let's let's take it from um, the start, right? What happened that led you to go into witchcraft? Yeah, so 
even though the enemy, you know, the devil had been planting seeds throughout my life to kind of get me to go into witchcraft, I didn't start to like consciously or actively seek out, you know, other types of spirituality until I had actually gotten arrested. I was arrested in early 2020 for some drug related charges. And when that happened, I remember even being like, in the jail and you know they take everything from you they take your clothes they took all my jewelry off they cut off my necklace like and I remember being in this holding cell where they give you a chance to kind of call people and two people that I called didn't even answer the phone and one person that did answer couldn't help me and it was almost like in that moment it was like if I was ever going to you know be okay I was always going to be the one who had to help myself like there was no help coming from anybody else like it was always going to just be me even in that moment though I wasn't aware of it at the time the Lord kind of revealed it to me is that in that moment I also recognized like God you're not here either and so I didn't just feel abandoned by all the people around me who couldn't physically help me but it was almost like God didn't crack open the skies to come get me so he must be abandoning me too and that's where I really was like okay well God if you're not going to be here I'm going to find something that is more consistent than you are and that's where I kind of turned to like the universe and I started turning into like the crystals and I began to find myself um, searching for a lot of quick fixes. And I was even able to see, you know, that everything in witchcraft was very consistent. If you did the right formula, if you did the right ritual, you would always get this expected outcome. You know, if you wanted peace, you carry the crystal that gives you peace, you get peace. Like there was no anything in between. It was step one, step two, step three. And I really liked that about witchcraft because it it was consistent. And I wanted something that was stable and and wasn't going to kind of fall over or anything, you know? Yeah, you like the formula aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Jessica, tell us about the progression of it, right? Because there was levels to it. You didn't just stay at the crystal. You didn't just stay um, and just believe in the universe, but you actually dove a little bit deeper into it. So for for people who may not be fully aware of even what New Age witchcraft is, can you take us a little bit through that and then begin to also take us through of how God began to reveal himself to you and, and heal you from all of this? Yeah. So like you said, it wasn't just like the crystals one day and and that was it. But as I began to see how quickly these things worked, I wanted more. And I was desperate, not just for, you know, control over my life, but power. You know, I wanted to be more than I was. And something the New Age began to offer me was this opportunity to not just, you know, get peace for myself, but now I could help other people get peace. And I remember finding this like identity in being this light worker or getting this title to be able to uh, share with people, you know, what I was learning. So this is where I really began to practice like tarot readings and tarot readings being like um, a form of divination, being able to talk with spirits or spirit guides. And as I did this, I would do readings for people and I would be able to kind of lead them in the next step of their life. I was able to tell them about something they were struggling with that maybe they didn't have any insight to. And it made me feel very powerful. It made me feel so useful for my whole life. I felt like I was just taking up space. And for the first time, I I felt like, oh my gosh, I have a purpose and this is helping people. Mm. As I continued on in that, you know, I kept diving deeper because I wanted to perfect my craft. I thought if I could learn this information first, I could bring it back and give it to somebody else and they could, you know, get to the next step in in their own spiritual journey. So when I started to um, begin to like study under a spiritual teacher, I was so excited to be learning like new things and learning different details about new age that I felt like 
like, if I could just keep learning with her, if I could just keep finding something else, I could convince other people why. And, you know, there were things that she began to teach me, whether it was like astral projection or like Christ consciousness or even um, how to do inner healing, like um, psychic healings. It was almost like I'm getting these tools and I get to pass them out. And um, so it just took me like deeper and deeper, like into that. I don't. Yeah. Now, God met you. Right. And we touched this on the last recording where he and you and you mentioned it earlier where he called you out of this and said, follow me. Right. And I want to talk about the journey after. Mm-hmm. Right. What happened after that, after you're coming out of witchcraft, drugs, all of these different things, Jesus comes, says, follow me. Now you're walking with him. What did you encounter on the other side of that? Because at first, also, you said, like, like there was no problem with witchcraft. Every, it was a formula. You get it done, blah, blah, blah. But what did Jesus begin to show you? What did he begin to do in your life to be able to completely deliver you from that? So at the point of my salvation, when Jesus said, follow me, it didn't come with this long list of rules or even really an instruction manual about how to do it. I just heard this voice and I knew for the first time I was encountering something more true than anything I had ever encountered. And that's why I began to follow Jesus. You know, I didn't have a preacher telling me like, you're going to go to hell or this or that. I just knew that I wanted to follow this voice. So when I did, I don't think I really got the chance to like count the cost of what that was going to look like. When Jesus began to, you know, really minister to my heart and tell me things like, hey, we got to get rid of these tarot cards or we got to get rid of these crystals or even began to just open my eyes to what they really were. um, Those things seemed easy, you know, to throw away. And it was easy to get rid of them. And it was easy to start reading and praying and, and fasting. And it was easy to get into all this stuff. But eventually I was doing everything right. You know, I had left the drugs behind. I had left the new age behind. I wasn't practicing anything, but now I felt stuck. And this is where I began to see that God was going to take me through process. And this was completely different from anything I had done in the new age. Now, for people who may be watching Jessica, who, and and we know God talks in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people may hear from him from just reading the Bible. Some people hear him internally. Some people hear him audibly. There's so many ways that people can hear God. But when you're saying, man, God was telling me, start fasting, get rid of your witchcraft, do this and do that. What did that look like for you specifically? Mm -hmm. How was he communicating all of these things to you? A lot of it was like an internal voice or an internal knowing, uh, you know, like, this is not right, but I didn't always have language for it. I didn't have like a full sentence from God. So he would lead me back to his word. And when I would begin to read, it would just confirm what I already felt was kind of like the direction he was leading me in. So if I felt like the Lord was telling me I needed to start fasting, well, I don't know what fasting is. I don't know the purpose. He would lead me to scriptures that would talk about the the true purpose of fasting, why people would fast in the Bible and things like that. And I would begin to kind of, you know, take that as confirmation and, and, and start to walk in that direction. Hmm. Now you burned your witchcraft. What happened after that? Is it like everything is is good now? We are walking with Jesus and you know, we're everything is amazing. Um what happened when you burned the witchcraft? So, like I said, it, everything was so easy to like get rid of, to throw away. I'm following Christ. I'm on fire. I'm ready to follow him, but then I started to see my life I was still like reaping or even dealing with the consequences of my past. So even though I was like, I'm following Jesus and I'm saved, I was still having to deal with things like, for example, like the court case, you know, I had gotten arrested before I had gotten saved, but I was still dealing with the consequences. And I found myself even going into like um, the court 
consistently and then putting these accusations on me. And I became so frustrated because I was like, God, I'm doing all the right stuff. I might as well go back, you know, to the world or go back to what I was doing before. If people are going to still treat me like I like I'm not saved, like you didn't come to already pay for it. And I even found myself being um, just really frustrated. Like, what's the point of doing good if all I'm seeing is still the consequences of what I was doing before? I didn't at this time see specifically like consequences to the witchcraft up until that point. But this was one of the first things like the Lord had um, begun to show me. And something he he used to encourage me was letting me know, like, Jessica, if you, you know, had a farm and you begin to like plant things in August and then you are also planting things in October, which plant are you going to see bloom first? You're going to see all the things that you planted first back in August. So he began to tell me, like, if I just hold on and I just keep going, I'm going to see, like, the fruit and what I'm working for now. I'm going to see the benefits of throwing away the crystals. I'm going to see the benefits of not smoking anymore. I'm going to see the benefits of, of following him. But I had to wait for a season. And I didn't really understand that because in the witchcraft, it was like, if I wanted an answer— pull the tarot cards out and get it done. If I wanted, you know, peace, put your dream catcher up and you could sleep peacefully. You know, I didn't understand why Christ was different. I didn't understand why there was a challenge almost to do the right thing. And, and, and that really, I struggled with that for a long time. Even with like the court case that I was dealing with, it was like almost like a year and a half full of court cases getting changed, lawyers being changed, just different things until I actually saw like the promise of the Lord, where he had actually was able to remove the consequences. And it wasn't that, you know, Jesus didn't want to to set me free from even pieces of my past, but it was just going to take time. And I remember just being so frustrated, but I knew that the Lord had told me that he was going to take care of this case. I knew he had told me that he was going to deliver me from it. Um, I just wanted it in my timing and I wanted it like now. And I remember there even came a point like, over a year and a half later, I'm just walking with God and I still haven't seen it until one day he like, I actually get a text from my lawyer and my lawyer just, um, you know, text me. It's like the middle of the night. It's this crazy circumstance. I'm actually at a conference and my lawyer just texts me and he's like, Hey, Jessica, I spoke with the prosecutor, the prosecutor. He actually says that we're going to be able to, um, drop your charges completely if you can maintain good behavior for the next 90 days. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. Praise God. So I just began to praise the Lord and, you know, jump and pray and dance. And then my lawyer texts me back and he's like, hey, I actually spoke to the prosecutor again. Uh, he actually wanted to shorten that time. So if you can maintain good behavior for the next 60 days, the charge will be cleared and we can look at getting it off your record. So at that point, it was like, I saw that God didn't do, you know, the cleaning up of my life in the time I wanted, but he did it. I began to see like through that, that like God was a God of process, you know, and that he wasn't just trying to, he wasn't trying to copy the witchcraft. He wasn't here to be my quick fix or my solution. He was here to actually like process my character, like in that time as well. Yeah. Even as the Lord was like taking me through this process, you know, I had multiple processes going on and I wasn't expecting this. I thought, you know, when you came to Christ, like this is the quick, quick fix. And people will tell you that they're like, you know, come to Jesus and he's going to solve everything. So when it didn't look like Jesus was solving everything for me, I was like, this is a scam. <laughs> I was like, I got pulled into this and I didn't know that I was still going to have to walk this thing out. I thought, you know, Jesus was going to wipe the slate. He was going to make everyone forget about the years I had spent in the world. And, you know, I thought he was going to wipe away all the witchcraft and all the effects of it. But he like he didn't. It, mm -hmm. it came through a process. And this is when I kind of started to see the witchcraft come up 
come back almost like for revenge. For the first time in my life, I started to experience sleep paralysis, which was something in the world I had never dealt with and even in witchcraft I never dealt with. But when I decided to repent and turn from that, I started to deal with sleep paralysis. I started to deal a lot worse with these voices in my head. Yeah, and really quick, Jessica, for people who may not know what sleep paralysis is or maybe have never experienced it, could you just kind of briefly tell us what that is? Yeah. So sleep paralysis in the way that I experienced it, it was almost like I would wake up and I would mentally be awake, but I physically I couldn't move my body. And I would be trapped in my bed with a figure or something, you know, or there's just deep fear like coming over me as though like I couldn't breathe, I couldn't scream and nothing I did would like break it except for like calling on Jesus. So I would see, you know, Jesus was still the answer to the sleep paralysis, but I was never getting attacked before. Mm. So why had I joined this team just to become a target? That really like made me struggle. And I even was dealing with, you know, like voices in my head, you know, telling me to hurt myself, telling me to hurt other people, even uh, getting just visions of, of, you know, spirits just bugging me. Like it was, it was really just this torment. I would even seek, you know, help for it, even in the church. And the advice I always got was pray about it, read your Bible, maybe fast about it. And I already was doing all those things. So it was really discouraging for me, you know, to come to this point of like, isn't the church supposed to help us? Isn't, you know, Christianity is supposed to make everything better. Like, I don't get it. And so I was I was wrestling between had I made the wrong decision, like coming to Christ, you know, with all of this warfare, is it even worth it? And I was, you know, aware of spiritual warfare, but it wasn't described to me in this way. Again, I was saved, you know, supernaturally just with Jesus. So I didn't really even have people walking with me for the first couple of months anyways. Mm. So even then I was alone. I didn't have anyone who could tell me, oh, you know, the devil's just trying to discourage you or he's trying to attack you because now you're on, on God's side. But I felt like this was a consequence of putting the witchcraft down. So I became really discouraged and, and almost completely frustrated and just just stressed. And even as I did find a church and I began to really just try to seek um, deliverance or the ministry history of like casting out of devils like um because i i knew at this point like this wasn't just like a chemical imbalance this is wasn't just like depression or even just like these thoughts i was having like this was like a, a demon that was speaking to me that was influencing me and it was something i needed freedom from and so i began to search for this freedom like in the church and i come from a church that's pretty heavy in deliverance like it's not something that's not talked about or anything but I still was not getting the breakthrough that I felt like I needed. Mm. And it seemed like every time I would go up to the altar and people would pray for me or say, you know, come out in Jesus name and all this stuff, nothing would break. And it was so frustrating because it was like, isn't this how it's supposed to work? Isn't this the ritual, you know, step one, two, three, you know, you yell at the demon, the demon comes out, I'm free. Like, that's what I kept waiting for to happen. Mm. Now, before you get to that, that, to that breakthrough, Jessica, in your life before, was this something that you heard about knew about when it came to deliverance in the world of witchcraft is this a conversation that you guys have like the fact the possibility that you can actually have a demon inside of you i think people are aware of evil spirits but in witchcraft they do teach us a lot about our authority in the spirit and also safety so it it I was taught about like, you know, if there's a demon around you that's annoying you, you know, tell it to go away or something. But I never heard the concept like that these demons would, you know, possess you. But 
even on the witchcraft side, possession was talked about in a very positive light. So maybe they were teaching me that, but I didn't know it because there would be um, moments with automatic writing, which was something I would practice where you would give spirits permission to move your hands uh, Mm -hmm. to write out a message that they might have for you. And while I thought of it as like, you know, the demon's going to like take your pen with your hand and do it, what I was actually doing was inviting spirits into my body to Mm -hmm. take control of my vessel and begin to write these messages out. So it's kind of um, like the Ouija board, no? Kind of, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Even like with things like psychic healing, you would be looking for, you know, emotions or, or, or hidden emotions in your body, and you would ask your higher self, which isn't another spirit, they'd believe it's not another spirit, to, you know, locate that in you, and they'll locate it by moving you physically around. And I used to get moved around my room almost like a pendulum. Um, and that's what they teach us. So I was actually inviting, you know, possession to happen, but it was never like, oh, you're being possessed by a demon and that's a bad thing. It's like, that's your spirit guide and they're helping you. So I, I probably did know about possession, but not in the way that the church does. Right. Where it was against you, it, mm-hmm. but rather for you. So you're at the church now you're getting, you're seeking deliverance. You're seeking to to remove this as th- these attacks. So tell us about that. How did that breakthrough happen? Mm-hmm. What was that process like? It actually got to a point where I just became so discouraged, and I was considering leaving the church. I was considering leaving like Jesus because it was just like, why am I not getting free? And I would look at other people around me, and it would seem like deliverance worked so well for them, and it mm. wasn't working for me. And I was like, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And I began to get all these lies in my head, like maybe I'm not worthy enough to be delivered. Maybe God doesn't want to deliver me. Maybe the level of witchcraft that I was in is just too strong for the people doing the deliverance. And I began to believe all these things. And I thought maybe if I left the church, the attacks would stop, you know, because it was getting to the point, like whenever I would talk about witchcraft, this like confusion, it was like a fog would come on me and I would start to feel like I was losing my mind. Or if I would go into a store that was selling like witchcraft objects, even just like a tarot card or something really simple. It didn't have to be the whole store. I would feel like something was physically trying to pull me out of my body. And it was almost like when you dissociate, it was just this violent, like between the spiritual realm and between the physical realm. And I didn't know where I was. And it was just this deep confusion. So it, it, it was making even going out in public, like really hard. Mm. And so I thought, you know, maybe all of this will stop if I just like quit Christ. At this point, you know, even when they would have people come up to the altar, they're like, we're going to pray deliverance for you. You guys know you need freedom. Like, come up. I would just stay in my seat because I was like, I don't want freedom if it's just going to look like me screaming, crying, you know, manifesting, rolling around on the floor. But I'm still waking up and hearing this voice, you know, telling me to, like, go kill myself or something like I am not getting free from this. So there actually came one time that a woman of God, she was praying for me because she saw me struggling. And when she prayed for me, she prayed something different. Usually people would lay hands on me and try to cast the devil out, but she began to pray for my soul and for my soul's restoration. And when she would pray this prayer, literally I left the church that night with so much peace that I hadn't had for months, almost a year uh, actually at that point. Now, really quick, Jessica, I, I know a little bit of your testimony. So Tell me more about that moment, though, because were you in a state state of tranquility when that happened or were you also uh, manifesting? Like, tell us about that moment, because you just said, right, like you didn't want that to happen. Mm -hmm. That's you didn't you weren't interested in that spectacle, let's say, right, Mm -hmm. as some people may call it. But when people begin to pray, what happened in that moment exactly? 
So actually, somebody who was speaking, I, I remember I was like in the back row, somebody who was speaking just like mentioned witchcraft and the spirit that was like oppressing me was doing exactly what you said, like creating a spectacle. And I would leave the church usually feeling so embarrassed that I was like, I'm not, I'm not coming to church anymore if this is what this spirit does every single time. What was that though that it was happening? I would like throw myself to the ground and I would be like screaming and crying and like hitting things, hitting people. And that was what was going on in that moment. And that's why she came over because she she saw I was uh, in, in in distress. And actually other people had come over before her and were like, you know, trying to get the devil out, you yeah. know, praying for me, come out in Jesus name, you know, every spirit of witchcraft, every spirit of this, we bind you, we everything. And they were trying to cast it out and nothing was working. And so I'm sitting on the floor feeling like I, I hate this. I was just like, mm. I am, this is so embarrassing. I don't want to be here. I'm tired because deliverance can be physical physically exhausting. So it's like, I just, I'm done with this. I'm over it. In the middle of people like praying for me, this woman of God actually came over and kind of was like, hey, like, give her a second. And she just held me. She hugged me, actually. And she just began to pray that my soul would be restored. And I remember at that point, like the manifestation was like anger and it was like cussing people out. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But Mm -hmm. in that moment, it all like broke. She just began to minister to my soul. And I began to weep in a way I had not wept in so long. And I remember like getting up from the floor afterwards and just being like, oh my gosh, like whatever that was, like it just gave me hope that maybe there was freedom in this process. And so I actually reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, woman of God, whatever you prayed for me the other day, I need you to pray it again because I'm still looking at it like a ritual, you know, maybe that's the answer. Maybe this is the key. Give me, you know, the next step to mm. the the um, promise. I was like, okay, like, let's get together. So we actually ended up going through a couple months of what I would later learn to be um, inner healing, where we began to invite like the Holy Spirit into my my testimony. And we began to walk through my testimony piece by piece, things that I had never told anyone, confessing for the first time ever and seeing like my soul become freer and freer every single time. And we began to ask the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, like, what lies am I still believing? You know, what is this stronghold? Where did this come from? And I began to just pray process through my testimony. And then we begin to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what is the truth that I should be believing? You know, what is, what is your desire for this? You know, and I begin to see like even my perspective change on who God was and where he was during my story. And we did this probably for like three months, you know, meeting kind of like weekly, uh, bi-weekly or stuff, just doing this and even getting me to a point of forgiveness, you know, and not just to the point of being like, oh, I forgive this person because that was easy to say, but getting to the point where I could walk through and talk through what somebody had done to me and be able to invite the Holy Spirit into that place of my life as well. And really not just forgive in the sense of the word, but release them from what I felt like they owed me. In that, I found so much breakthrough, so much so that I actually, you know, one day was at church and I went up to the altar just because they had been like, you know, we're just going to pray that you are encountered by the Holy Spirit. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And when I got up there, the man of God laid his hand on me just to pray that I would encounter the Holy Spirit and walked away. And I felt just fire like through my whole body. And I remember my stomach started to hurt so bad. And I was like, God, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. Like, why does this hurt so bad? And he was like, Jessica, after today, you will never deal with the spirit of witchcraft inside you again. And I was like, what? And I hadn't gone up there expecting deliverance or anything, but I began to manifest. I began to like cough and and just let this out. And after that, I got up off the floor. And usually when I would get up off the floor in deliverance, I would hear a voice that says, ha ha, like I'm still here. I'm not Mm -hmm. going anywhere. But this time the voice was gone. And I was like, what? And I was like, God, what was different? 
what was different this time from the last time? And he, he took me back to that process of inner healing. I was removing all these spaces where these spirits were taking hold in my soul by forgiving, by removing them from bitterness, by repenting, by even just bringing things to the light so God could deal with it. Because there were so many things that I had kept secret, not because I was, you know, trying to keep them a secret, but I didn't know how I was supposed to talk about that stuff. So I, I found myself in this, this freedom now, suddenly, like in a, in a moment all because I had taken the time to allow God in, not just into like um, my life, but into my soul and into my hurt places. It was actually really interesting that the Lord would take me through this process because he was walking me through my testimony and he was processing this. And actually a couple months before I had started this inner healing uh, journey with this woman of God, I had actually submitted to share my testimony on De La Fay, on the platform, and I didn't hear back yet. But if I would have tried to share my testimony then, it would have been a completely different testimony. It would have been a testimony about how the devil had tossed me around for 20 years unto that point and how I had had no breakthrough since. And that was all I had to share. Um, and I knew that the Lord had wanted me to share my story. I knew that he saw what I didn't see, but I tried to do it, you know, in like my timing and I tried to just go for it. Right. But after I had gone through this process, it was almost like God gave me power in that moment to be able to obtain his promise. So he had promised me I was gonna share my story and people were gonna hear it, but he had taken me through the process so I would have the power to be actually able to share it. Mm. And when that inner healing was done and I was able to get my deliverance, then you called me. You were like, hey, are you still interested in sharing my testimony? And I was, and so we were able to partner and the testimony's out how it is now, but that came from processing, right? right. And so, now I can look back, I can be like, oh my gosh, like God definitely had a plan and he had a purpose for that time. But in the midst of it, I was like, there is no point. None of this makes sense. Mm. But it, it got me to that next place. Um, and you would think like walking with God like that would have got me to the point where I was like, oh, I understand like God's not magic. Like we have to go through to get to the other side. But I still wasn't there. And I was still in this place very discontent and very angry because I was still waiting for God to give me like a, a ritual or a, a, again, a one, two, three. This is the exact formula every time, you know, tell me to pray this much time a day, read this many chapters and I'll get this level of authority in the spirit. That's what I kept waiting for. And it never came. And so I was like, God, I'm doing all the right stuff. I read my Bible. I pray. I fast. I do all the things but I'm not getting the power that I felt like I wanted. And there was actually a point that I began to really just become discontent with my walk. I was angry. I was like, okay, God, I know I'm saved. I know, you know, you've delivered me before. You cleaned up my life. I'm living in restoration. I've shared my testimony. Now what? Like, I'm bored. And I know that was like prideful of me, but it was it was just what I was going through. I was just like, I can't do this. And I remember thinking back to the witchcraft, like when I was in witchcraft, like I felt powerful. I could read people's lives. I could tell them about themselves. Like I was in communion with these spirits that would show me things. I felt like I was always seeing some new mystery in the spirit. And here I am like, what do I do? You know? Like I'm living this mundane, like Christian life. And I didn't get it through other people's eyes. I was not living a mundane Christian life. I w I'm in a very supernatural church. I have a very supernatural community. So it was everything but mundane, but I was still like discontent. 
And I actually began to look at like the people around me that were in my church or even people that were getting elevated in the Christian community. And I began to get jealous and I get began to get very like angry and I began to compare myself. And I began to be like, you know what, God, like I know more than them spiritually. I can tell you that person right there. I could I could tell you way more than they can tell you about, you know, your word, about the spiritual realm, about all these things. Like I'm more qualified than they are. I should be in the spot that they're in. And I spent like a whole season, like months grumbling to the Lord, like, God, like this isn't fair. They don't have the spiritual skills I have. They don't have the spiritual gifts I have. And I began to like really wonder because in witchcraft, I felt like my gifts were acknowledged versus in God. It was almost like he didn't care about my gifts at all. And that made me mad because for me, my whole identity was in what I could do, not in who I was, you know? So it was like, God, what do we do with this? And of course, God in his mercy, because he's so kind. He took the time to explain to me and give me an answer, though he didn't need to. He told me, you know what, Jessica, the credits don't transfer. And I was like, what do you mean the credits don't transfer? And this was like an inner voice. Like um, sometimes I hear the voice of God almost audibly, but it's definitely inside my head. But he was like, the credits don't transfer. And when I heard him say that, I was like, what credits? Like, what are you talking about? And he began to show me like two schools. He was like, you were in one school, right? And you were pursuing a degree in one field. And then you transferred to another school. You changed your degree and your field completely what do you think would happen? And it's like, well, the credits for this degree wouldn't transfer to the credits for that degree. And I might have to start over. Mm. And I was like, oh, and this revelation like blew my mind because I had been comparing myself to people who had been walking four years in the same degree, you know, with God walking with, with Jesus faithfully and not necessarily like it's about time or anything, but they were walking faithfully and they were passing the tests and they were going through the processes and not skipping any stages. And because of that, they were graduating, you know, to the next step level. And I, as a freshman in God, was looking at these graduates thinking that I should be walking on this stage too. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, like, I'm sorry, you know, for one. But it was also just like, but I don't get it. Like, why does it matter? You know, why does it matter that I, I've spent all this time with you or, you know, things like that. And I was still looking at, you know, my skills should be how I get to the next level. Like, I, this should be based on merit. But then the Lord began to show me it's based on relationship. It's based on character with him, you know, and if I wasn't ready, if I hadn't known the Lord that long and not just known of him, you know, but walked with him, tested out of his like processes, you know, been faithful to what he's given me to do, you know, why do I think that I'm going to go to the next level? Around the same time as well, I even began to get like visits, not that I was being oppressed by these spirits, but I was getting visits and visions from like spirits that were trying to call me back into witchcraft. And I didn't have any language for this. And I thought maybe I'm a bad person because I'm thinking about all this stuff. And eventually somebody gave me language that, you know, when you make covenants with witchcraft, witchcraft tries to come back to collect. And I didn't know that. Um, but I began to get visions of like my tarot cards and I would hear whispers like at night, like if you come back to this side, I'll give you your vision back. I'll give you your prophetic sight back. Like, I'll give you this power and this power back, and you'll be powerful over here. It was almost like in my discontentedness, in my grumbling, in my comparison, I had, like, reopened that door for witchcraft to try to lure me back into it. Wow. I began to feel, like, bad for even having these thoughts of wanting to go back to witchcraft, but I was so discontent with where I was at. I thought that I should be so much further. I thought that, you know, this was going to be quick. Nobody told me that walking with Christ was going to be a process. And that's when it finally like hit me when I got to that point. And when the Lord was explaining this to me, that's when it finally hit me that no matter 
how easy of a like a solution I wanted, that was never going to be what it was like walking with Christ. And that wasn't to mean that, you know, walking with Christ wasn't good. You know, he had restored my life completely. He had given me a job. He had given me opportunities to share my story. He had really fulfilled a lot of my desires um, that I needed. But spiritually walking with him was always going to be a process. And that's when it finally hit me was like, I cannot escape this process. I can't go around the process. I can't go under it. I have to go through it. When I got to that point, it was almost like, okay, God, so you keep talking about process, but what's the point? Like, what's the point of the process? He began to show me that the point of walking out the process was to look more like Jesus and to be an accurate representation of who he was. And the whole time I was in Christ, you know, I had gotten my salvation and then I was running the race to be the most, I don't know, powerful Christian out there, to be the most heavy in the spirit, to be the one who could cast out all the demons or be the most gifted in Christ. And I realized that's not why he saved me. He saved me so that I could look more like Jesus and be a good representation of him to other people who did not know Jesus yet. And at that point, I was like, oh, okay, so what are you trying to process out of me then? What about me doesn't look like Jesus? And I began to, instead of looking at everybody else, trying to compare and look at their process and and what they were going through, and I began to look at myself. God, what still needs to look like Jesus, you know? What still doesn't? And I was at this point, I was like, man, I, I do Christianity well. I read my Bible, I pray, I fast, I go to church twice a week. You know, I serve on the teams. I'm doing all the things. I'm checking all the boxes. I'm doing my one, two, three step. I should be here. Hmm. But he was like, no, it's your character. When I was able to like take my eyes off of them and onto me again, the Lord began to show me. He was like, Jessica, you know, even though you've put down the witchcraft physically, you don't play with the crystals, you don't do tarot cards, you still have witchcraft in your heart because you're rebellious. And I was like, rebellious, me, who? And I, I was confused because it was like, it wasn't like I was, you know, starting fires in my city or anything, but I was in rebellion every single time, you know, my church leaders, some of the delegated authority that God himself delegated authority to them, when they would tell me, you know, things and give me instructions and I would disobey. I'd be like, that's a suggestion. I don't need to listen to that. I'm grown. I'm an adult. Who cares? He was like, in those moments, you're still in witchcraft. You're in rebellion but you think that you need to go to the next level. He began to just show me myself in just different ways. And I was like, oh, there's still so much work to be done. It got me to this place where I was able to like repent, of course, and be like, okay, God, I'll do your process your way this time. It wasn't easy. Like even submitting to God's process didn't make it easy. And there were, you know, things that had to be removed, people that had to leave, incidences where I still didn't understand what God was doing. But he eventually brought me to this place where he was like, Jessica, I'm never going to leave and I'm never going to forsake you. I'm never going to abandon you. And when he told me this, it was like, okay, so if God has to sit and watch my process the whole time, he's definitely going to make it beautiful in the end. Hmm. He's not just looking at my process and like cringing the whole time. And he's like, dang, she's got to figure that out. He literally is intimately involved with my process and how it turns out. Now I understand process a little bit better. I understand that I'm conforming to the image of Christ. And I understand this is a lifelong thing. I'm not going to get to 50 and I'm like, okay, I've I've passed the final test. I'm done. I'm going to keep walking this because there's always going to be a way where I can look more like Jesus, where I can represent him even better than I did yesterday. That's like encouraging because now I'm not looking for an end goal. Mm. But I'm also able to know like God is in this for the end. Like he's not going to just start and like take me halfway through a process where I'm struggling and it's hurting, and then he's gonna abandon me in the middle and be like, oh no, you kind of messed up there. Like, 
process on your own. He's not going to do that to me. Now (laughs) I'm here and I'm able to go through the process with the knowledge that it is going to be good eventually. There is going to be good after this. And the Lord even began to show me, you know, even Jesus went through these processes. Like I'm not alone in that. And he began to show me like, Jesus went through processes so he could get the power to obtain promise. Even his own process, like going to the cross, you know, and dying for our sins wasn't something that Jesus wanted to do. It wasn't something that came easy to him. In fact, he kind of asked God if there was any other way, like if he could do it, but he allowed himself to go through the process so he would have the power to actually go to the cross, to be able to get the promise of our salvation, which he won through dying on the cross. And, you know, when the Lord was able to show me like, I'm walking the same processes that Jesus was walking out, you know, it made it all okay almost, but yeah. Man, Jessica, you've kind of answered this in in your testimony already, but I I, want to give you another space just to talk a little bit more about this for people who may be watching and saying, well, you know, witchcraft is, witchcraft is quicker. I can get the love that I want quicker. I can get the money that I want quicker. You know, I can get whatever I want quicker. Why Jesus? Yeah, so you can get it quicker, but it will be temporary, and it will cost you a lot. Something I didn't understand with God is why He wouldn't just use me, why He wouldn't just send me out and have me, you know, praying and prophesying and doing all the things that I felt like I need to be doing until my character was better. You know, I didn't understand that. But I saw something in the New Age that I don't see in Christ, is that the New Age will use you you'll be completely out of your mind. You'll be completely depressed and broken. And the new age will use you just for your gifting, right? So it's like, yeah, you'll get the power you're looking for. You'll get that affirmation. You'll get the quick fix of being able to help somebody, but you'll never be whole yourself. So it's like, it's going to cost you literally your ability to be whole. And it'll only last for a little bit because when those customers don't come for your tarot readings anymore, or when uh, the crystals aren't enough to bring you peace, like what do you have then? So I would say Jesus, because it's the only thing that's going to be permanent. And through process, you know, when you're working for years before you see, you know, some of these things, before you see some of these promises, they're not promises that are going to be taken from you lightly. They're things that are going to remain because you you built them up. You worked hard for them. You know, anything that's given to you in the new age can be taken tomorrow. But in Christ, everything that you're building, like, has not just rewards for your whole life here, but eternal rewards that we're going to see in heaven as well. Jessica, can you encourage real quick that person right now that just burned their witchcraft are in that process and need some encouragement because they're going through it just how you went through it? Can you just speak to that person that's watching right now? Yeah. You didn't make the wrong choice. You're exactly where you need to be. You just have to hold on. And I know it can be so much easier to just go backwards, but you won't find what you're looking for over there. And in fact, it's going to be worse And the devil will tell you, like, you know, you shouldn't have ever left. Christ isn't worth it, but he is. And actually, my whole life, you know, when I was able to, when I'm able to look back, like, my whole life has been completely restored. Sure, I've had moments where I haven't been happy with the things, way that things have turned out or the way that God did things, but I would never want to go back to where I was before because I have nothing back there, you know? So just continue to, to push. And there's even a scripture, you know, um, in Isaiah where it talks about that he who waits on the Lord will renew his strength. So just continue to like push and continue to walk because even when you feel like you get tired, God's going to give you another dose to keep going and to keep walking through your process. And he will give you that power to obtain your promise at the end of it. Jessica, how, how is Jesus 
continuing to be Jesus in your life today? He has proven that he still is not planning to leave me. He didn't leave me when I was in drugs. He didn't leave me when I was in witchcraft. He didn't leave me in the middle of the process. And even now, I don't really know where I'm going. I don't really know where even this ministry takes me next, but I know that God's going to be there. And the one thing that I found is, you know, even at the beginning of my testimony, I was looking for something consistent. And the one thing I found that has been the most consistent is Jesus. And he's still the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. And I know that he will always be God and he'll always be my father, my helper. I don't have to do any of this by myself. So he's walking me through this and and he hasn't left my side. Jessica, any last words for people who are watching your testimony on the other side of the screen? I would say count the cost. I know a lot of the times people will sell Christianity as this quick fix as well. Come to Jesus. It'll all get better. And then they forget to tell you in the fine print, like, yeah, you got to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, but just count the cost. It's not bad to question like, God, what am I going to lose by doing this? What am I going to have to sacrifice? What What is going to have to be left behind? This gives you an ability to, to, to measure and endure what you're about to build and what you're about to do with Christ. So really count the cost um, when you're coming to Christ and, and as you're walking with Him, uh, continue to involve Him in that. Um, but he'll, he'll see you through the entire process. Like everything that you're willing or you're going to have to give up is going to be like nothing compared to what God is going to give you and what he's going to do and how he's going to use you in your life. So Jessica, for the parents who are watching your testimony right now, who have children, um, that are dealing with witchcraft that are involved in witchcraft, maybe they're seeing the crystals around their neck. Maybe they're starting to see, you know, the different books from your perspective now, on the other side and being on both sides, what is an encouragement that you can give to the parents that are seeing this and don't know what to do? Mm -hmm. An encouragement, I would just tell you to trust the Lord because if he's allowing even that, there's a purpose for it. You know, if he is allowing your kids to maybe even dabble into this or, or to touch it, like there's something he's going to do on the other side. Just as much as God loves you and he's been faithful to you, he's going to be faithful to your your kids to, to rescue them from that. And I would say your role as parents is to continue to pray for them, always praying for them, but loving them. Because as we know, witchcraft is, you know, has a root of bitterness, of of hurt. So just loving them, giving them a space to be able to encounter the love of Christ that it genuinely can and will lead them to repentance. But sometimes I know it can be easy to be like aggressive or even like angry with them, but they're just trying to find God, but you're the best example of God that they have. So just continue to ask God how you can be a better representative of Jesus to them so that they'll be able to kind of turn from what they're practicing. They're just trying to find the truth. And if they can find him in you, um, they'll be able to see Jesus too. So. Lastly, uh, Jessica, could you just pray for people who are watching your testimony right now, for people who may be struggling in this, for people who maybe know that somebody who's struggling in this, or maybe for even that person who's never been through this, uh, but it has a heart to help people that are struggling with this. Could you just pray for them really yeah. quick? So Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity and for everybody who's watching. And Lord, I just ask that you would just begin to minister to people's souls, Lord, that you would begin to touch that person who feels alone, who feels like I did, like they're drowning and nobody can help them. Lord, I pray that you would begin to pull them out of that place. I pray, Lord, in the same way that you told me that you will never leave me and you'll never forsake me, that they would hear that today and they would believe it. And Father, I pray that they would just hold on to your unchanging hands, God, and that they would be able to walk and endure this promise because you 
say in your word, God, that they those who endure to the end will be saved, but they shall also reign with you, God. I thank you, Lord, that there are promises that we get and we obtain by enduring. So I pray, Lord, that everybody is watching would just get a fresh breath of endurance, God, that they would just be given the power they need to get to the next step. And Lord, I pray that you would even just give them rest, God. I know it can be so difficult when we're going through torment, when we're struggling, Father, and it can be so easy to give up, but I pray, Lord, that you would just be their rest, that you would be their shalom, their peace, God, and that they would be able to rest in that until they get to the next spot. And so, Father, we just thank you for them. I pray for full and complete restoration, and I thank you, Lord, for the joy that comes next as they continue to endure. In Jesus' name, amen.